My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. Hello and welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people who are facing many different struggles, talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I'll be speaking with Jill Graham Scanlon. The Northumberland Strait is that part of the Gulf of St. Lawrence that lies between Prince Edward Island and Nova Scotia. It is a relatively shallow and relatively warm body of water containing a rich but fragile ecosystem. Tourism, and particularly fishing, are crucial industries for the surrounding communities, and both depend on the continued health and cleanliness of the strait. Another industry that is active in some parts of Nova Scotia is forestry. For over 50 years there has been a pulp mill, currently called Northern Pulp, sitting near both the town of Picto as well as Picto Landing First Nation, towards the eastern end of the Nova Scotia side of the Northumberland Strait. There have been concerns for many years about Northern Pulp's environmental impacts, but none so serious as what it has done to Boat Harbour. Originally a tidal bay on the Northumberland Strait, Boat Harbour is of central importance to the Mi'kmaq people of Pictou Landing First Nation, for whom it has always been a source of food and medicines and a central part of their community. Since the opening of the mill, the effluent from the chemical process that produces the pulp has been piped into Boat Harbour. Today it is highly polluted, and the ecosystem has been largely destroyed in what has been characterized as one of Nova Scotia's most egregious instances of environmental racism. For decades, Pictou Landing First Nation struggled to end the flow of toxins into Boat Harbour. In 2014, they finally succeeded in pushing the province to pass a piece of legislation mandating the closure of the effluent treatment facility at Boat Harbour by January 31st, 2020. This has meant, of course, that if it wants to keep operating, Northern Pulp must find some other way to dispose of its wastes. Their proposal is to build a new treatment facility on the same site as the mill, and then a pipe that would transport the effluent from that facility out into the Northumberland Strait. This is where Jill Graham Scanlon enters the picture. She is a lifelong resident of Pictou County, a lawyer, and the president of Friends of the Northumberland Strait. This group came together in late 2017 around concerns about the impact that Northern Pulp's proposal would have on ecosystems, fisheries, and communities. They have two simple goals to make sure that Northern Pulp's effluent is not piped into the Northumberland Strait, and to make sure that the January 31st, 2020 deadline for closing the facility at Boat Harbour remains firm. The group has been active in educating themselves, the public, and politicians. They have produced a significant volume of their own material and an excellent website. They've worked to mobilize the community and to put pressure on politicians. An important milestone for the group was a rally organized last summer in Pictou in collaboration with a working group of people in the fishing industry as well as Pictou Landing First Nation. More than 3,000 people attended. An impressive enough number for a rally in a big city, but truly remarkable for rural Nova Scotia. Friends of the Northumberland Strait has also been actively intervening in the ongoing regulatory process around Northern Pulp's proposal, and has worked to support other local residents in doing likewise. 
Though the province is subjecting the project to the lowest possible level of relevant environmental assessment, its decision at the end of March on the company's initial proposal was encouraging. Regulators identified numerous areas where Northern Pulp had submitted inadequate information and have given the company a year to submit additional studies so that a final decision can be made. Friends of the Northumberland Strait will continue with their educational work and with their interventions into the assessment process, and they will continue to put pressure on politicians to honor the January 2020 date for shutting down the Boat Harbor facility. I speak with Graham Scanlon about the pulp mill and its impacts, and about the work of the Friends of the Northumberland Strait. My name is Jill Graham Scanlon. I am the president of Friends of the Northumberland Strait. And Friends of Northumberland Strait is a community group. We are actually a registered society in Nova Scotia. And we are a group of volunteers that came together in late 2017 because we were concerned with Northern Pulp's proposal to pipe their treated effluent into the Northumberland Strait. I grew up in Pictou County, outside of the town of Pictou. I am a lawyer and have been practicing in the town of Pictou for approximately the last 25 years. I have lived outside of the town of Pictou practically my entire life. I married someone local, and together we've raised two children who are now off university age. When I first heard about the plan of Northern Pulp to pipe their effluent into Northumberland Strait, I immediately became concerned and I immediately reached out to actually our local MLA, Carla McFarland, to see what she would suggest that I could do to educate myself and to advocate for this proposal not to go forward. She put me in touch with other people who had contacted her with similar concerns, and we got together and started to work right away. I am married to a commercial fisherman. He comes from a long line of commercial fishers. So in a way, that played into my concern for the health of the Northumberland Strait, so the viability of the Strait as continuing to provide for him and our family and indeed all of the rural communities along the Northumberland Strait. Also, my family has owned a cottage along the Northumberland Strait since I was a little girl. It's a place where we gather as an extended family every summer, and to think that the strait could be threatened was nothing that I could support. Tell listeners more about the strait, about the pulp mill, and about the background prior to the point when you got involved. So the Northumberland Strait is the body of water that lies between the provinces of Nova Scotia and PEI and borders on a part of New Brunswick as well. It is fairly narrow and fairly shallow. We like to say that the Northumberland Strait has the warmest waters north of the Carolinas. We say that because we are a tourist area. We like to attract tourists to come and enjoy the Northumberland Strait, our beaches, our scenery, our hospitality. That's certainly one of the industries in our area. Another huge industry in our area is commercial fishing. 
the Northumberland Strait is home to a large commercial fishing fleet. And as Nova Scotians, we market our seafood products as coming from pristine, clean waters. And I think that's very, very true. In Nova Scotia alone, our exports in the seafood industry exceeded $2 billion in 2018. The Northumberland Strait is part of that. And so all along the Northumberland Strait, there are a number of small rural fishing communities. Northern pulp and its predecessors has been in the area for over 52 years. It's a northern bleached craft mill that deals mostly with softwood products. It uses a chemical bleaching process, the elemental free chlorine process, to bleach its product. For the most part, that product is shipped to Asia for the industry there to turn it into various paper products. The pulp mill here is currently owned by Paper Excellence, which is headquartered in British Columbia, and they own a number of pulp mills in Canada. But ultimately, Paper Excellence is owned by Asia Pulp and Paper, which is owned by Sinar Mass, which is owned by the Widja family in Indonesia. And they're a very, very wealthy family, and they do not have a good reputation for environmental stewardship. There has been a lot of controversy about the pulp mill in this area from the very beginning. So from the time that they set up here over 50 years ago, there has been concerns about water quality and about air emissions and about the effects of forestry and clear cutting to feed that mill and other mills. One of the immediate concerns that local people had about the pulp mill when it was established over 50 years ago was the fact that the effluent from the mill was piped to what's called Boat Harbor, and it was untreated effluent that was piped into Boat Harbor. Now, Boat Harbor boarded the Pictolanding First Nations community, and they were, you know, more or less duped into agreeing to allow the effluent to go into Boat Harbor. And I say duped is because, as set out in Joan Baxter's book that she wrote on this pot mill called The Mill, she tells the story of counselors from the Pictolanding First Nations being taken to a treatment facility in New Brunswick and being told that the effluent flowing into Boat Harbor would be the same as the effluent that they were showed. But the effluent that they were showed in New Brunswick was from a facility that wasn't operating. So on that basis, they agreed to having the effluent flow into Boat Harbor. And you have to know that Boat Harbor was used by the Pictolanding First Nation for a lot of purposes. It was used as a food source. It was used as a place where they collected their medicines. It was a place where they found peace and solace. And it was so much so that they referred to it as the other room. In their minds, it was like an extension of their home. It was so important to them. Practically immediately upon the pulp mill opening and the effluent flowing into Boat Harbor, 
the fish in the ecosystem in Boat Harbor died and they were not able to use the Boat Harbor area in the way that they had traditionally used it. From that time forward, the Pictolanding First Nation has been fighting and fighting and fighting to have the effluent stop flowing into Boat Harbor. Numerous governments over the past 50 years have made promises to Pictolanding First Nation that yes, the effluent will stop flowing, yes, we'll come up with a different solution, and yes, the Boat Harbor will be brought back to the way it was before the pulp mill effluent went into the harbor. But year after year, government after government, these promises to the Pictolanding First Nation was broken time and time again until 2014 when there was a significant leak in the effluent pipe and the untreated effluent leaked into an area sacred to the Pictolanding First Nation and burial grounds. At that point, the Pictolanding First Nation set up a blockade and they said, look, we're drawing a line here. We're not going to allow the pipeline to be fixed. We're not going to allow the pulp mill to reopen because they had to shut down because of the leak until something is done, until we have promises that has some teeth in it that Boat Harbor will close. There was negotiations with the province, and the province committed to passing a law that said the Boat Harbor Treatment Facility would close by January 31st, 2020. The Boat Harbor Act became law. So that means then that if the pulp mill is to stay open, the pulp mill needed to find a new way to treat its effluent because they were no longer able to use the boat harbor treatment facility. What they came up with was to build a treatment facility on site at the pulp mill and then to pipe its effluent into the Northumberland Strait. When Northern Pulp released its plans to the public, that's the point where a number of us came together to say, no, that's not going to happen. What are the main risks that you're concerned about from this new facility and the effluent pipe out into the strait? There are a lot of risks, but the main risks involve the fact that the effluent will be warm water going into the strait. It will be fresh water going into a salt body of water. And although it will be treated effluent, it still contains some nasty substances that we don't want going into the strait. There is a biological treatment that we understand is being proposed. We don't see, and our studies lead us to conclude, that they will not be treating such things as heavy metals that will be present from the pulping process and that will go out into the strait. There will also be bits of bark and solids that will be flowing out to the Northumberland Strait very steadily. There's quite a large volume of water. You, you know, we're talking upwards to 75 million liters per day, day in and day out. And the Northumberland Strait is a very fragile ecosystem. And we've all heard the concerns with climate change. And there's a lot of studies that have been released recently that shows that the water temperature is warming, including the waters in the Northumberland Strait. So causes other than the pulp mill are causing the waters to change and not for the better. 
So to add these other pressures and these other substances to the Northumberland Strait voluntarily just seems to be totally absurd. People who are proponents of this project will say, you know, we're going to meet regulations. As it stands right now, those regulations are being updated by Environment and Climate Change Canada because they recognize that those regulations are not stringent enough. They conclude through environmental effects monitoring studies, which they do at all the Canadian pulp mills, that if though the pulp mills are meeting regulations and they're passing the pulp and paper effluent regulations toxicity tests, 70% of pulp mills are having harmful effects on aquatic life and habitat, and 55% are having harmful effects on the larger environment. So meeting regulations is not the same as protecting fisheries from harm. What kinds of things has the group been doing? We came up with two simple goals. Number one, there will be no pipe in the Northumberland Strait. And number two, Boat Harbour Act must be honoured. There will be no extension to the January 31st, 2020 deadline. We then talked about how we were going to move forward and the principles we were going to guide ourselves. And we all agreed quite readily that we want it to be a source of trusted information for the public, that we wanted to educate ourselves so that we could in turn educate the public, educate politicians so that they had the facts because we were very confident and we remain very confident that once the facts are known, the way forward is very clear. And the answer is no pipe in the strait. To educate ourselves, we read everything that we could get our hands on. We attended all the information sessions and open houses that the pulp mill put on for the public so we could understand the process. We've spoken with many industry experts. And as a result of that, we've produced quite a number of information sheets and backgrounders We've produced a number of press releases that has been picked up by various media and given a lot of media interviews. We've put on open houses so that the general public can come and speak with us and we can explain to them what our concerns are and what we found out. We have given presentations to the local municipal councils so that they are aware of what the concerns are. We've given presentations to various political groups and community groups. We have a very comprehensive website, friends of the Northumberland Street.ca, and that has a lot of information that we have gathered as well. One of the big things that we did was host a rally last summer, the Land and Sea Rally. We put this on together with the Fishermen's Working Group. Now, the Fishermen's Working Group is a group of fishermen that have formed to fight this proposal as well, a group of fishermen from Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, and New Brunswick. They all border the Northumberland Strait, and they're all very concerned about this plan as well. So working with the Fishermen's Working Group and the Pictou Landing First Nation, the Land and Sea Rally had a large number of fishing boats and pleasure craft sail into Pictou Harbour as a group. So there are representatives there from the Pictou Landing First Nation and all three provinces. That was the sea component. And then we had a march 
true Picto of people from all over the Maritimes and beyond with placards and chanting. It was a fabulous day. It's estimated that there were around 3,000 people attended the rally. For us, that was perhaps a turning point. Up until that point in time, individually, we were hearing a lot of support for what we were doing. But when 3,000 people showed up for that rally, it really cemented for us the fact that our community was standing behind us. How has the regulatory process been from your perspective? All throughout this process, we kept hearing from various politicians saying, you know, the science will make the decision. We have to base our decision on the science. And of course, that is the absolute correct decision. But we were very nervous up until the last few weeks that the science may not be what ruled the day. And the reason for that is that throughout the last 50 or more years, There certainly was the appearance that the Nova Scotia government caved into the wishes of the pulp mill, that over the years, the government would say that they would close Boat Harbor, but then they never carried through with that commitment. There's been a lot of government assistance, a lot of taxpayer money that went into that pulp mill to support that pulp mill. And they certainly give the appearance that the pulp mill has a lot of influence over the government. As recent as last year, we found out that the government, so the taxpayers, gave $6 million to Northern Pulp to help them design this new effluent treatment facility. And our concern all along was that they couldn't be both referee and cheerleader. Added to that is former members of the Premier's inner circle have been hired by Northern Pulp to be their public relations team. So what has happened off late was that Northern Pulp finally, after much delay, submitted their environmental assessment proposal to the province for approval. They did that at the end of January, and the public was then given only 30 days in which to review the materials submitted by Northern Pulp, which consisted of almost 1,700 pages. So we had only 30 days to review the material and to absorb it and to provide an effective response to the Minister of Environment so that she could then make her decision. And the reason we only had 30 days is that the province decided that the environmental assessment that Northern Pulp would have to go through would be a fast-track environmental assessment, a class one assessment that really is the lowest environmental assessment that there is available in Nova Scotia as far as how stringent in the time periods. And again, that led to the community and us being suspicious of whether or not the science would rule the day. But thankfully, just on March 29th, the Environment Minister provided her decision on the environmental assessment proposal, and her decision was that there wasn't enough information provided by Northern Pulp for her to make a decision. So she called for a focus report to be prepared. There were 19 different headings that the Environment Minister put forward as needing more work by Northern Pulp before the Minister could make a final decision. And Northern Pulp now will have up to a year to do the additional studies. 
What really surprised us when we reviewed the proposal submitted by Northern Pulp as part of their environmental assessment is that their proposal specifically said that they did not know the composition of the effluent and the characteristics of the effluent. So here they were asking the Nova Scotia Environment Minister to make a decision on the project when their submission didn't include what was going to be coming out of that pipe. We found that to be very, very odd. It's vital that the public continues to have input into this process. And we are told that once Northern Pulp submits the additional information, that we will have an opportunity to review that and make comments again. Because one important aspect of this process is the lack of apparent knowledge by Northern Pulp off the Northumberland Strait, off the ecosystem there, off the commercial fishery that exists in the Northumberland Strait. And so before the deadline was up for the public to submit their response to the environmental assessment proposal, the Friends of Northumberland Strait held a little workshop at the local fire hall, which was attended by around 100 people. And we invited the people to come and allow us to give them some hints as to how best to respond to this proposal. And what we told the group was that your local knowledge of the Northumberland Strait is a vital part of this review process. As a result of that and efforts by other people, and I think as a sign that the community is very concerned about this whole proposal, there were over 900 submissions from the public to the Department of Environment in response to the effluent treatment proposal that was put forward. What's it been like for the group doing the work that you've been doing in the context of a community where some residents depend on the proposed project for their livelihood, and for some residents their livelihood is potentially threatened by the proposed project? There has been a lot of tension in the community for that very reason. It's been very difficult, and it's been very delicate, and I think there's been a lot of division in the community. Now, we're typically a very close-knit community, and I'm confident that those divisions will heal, but it's very sensitive, and I think people are hesitant to speak out But I can certainly say from my point of view, I've had a lot of people come forward to thank me and to support me and to encourage me to go forward. And I think that there has been a huge difference between the time that we started back in late 2017 till now. As far as people being confident that they can speak their minds and be more brave about their concerns with Northern Pulp. And I think that's a good thing for the community, for people to have courage to say what they think and not be afraid to make sure that the proper thing is being done. You have been listening to my interview with Jill Graham Scanlon, president of the Friends of the Northumberland Strait. To learn more about their work, go to friendsofthenorthumberlandstrait.ca. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show.
On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, and other platforms. I'm Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Hamilton, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, published by Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. Thank you.